0: So for our first show uh, to talk about regions and uh, what's going on here, Region 1, what better topic to talk about than Australia? Here's Bailey Devine Scott from Western New England. Okay, Bailey. Yep. Just you and me here. We're going to talk about Australia versus the U.S. right now. Right. Okay. How long have you been in the U.S.?
1: Uh, I moved here in 2018.
0: 2018? Yep. And to come to college, basically? Yes. Okay. first days here what was your thought I mean how weird was it to be in the US suddenly
1: Um, my first day here I walked I would just down the road Hamden Hall my parents walked me in had a couple of suitcases had a backpack and then said goodbye to me and left And and that was it and I was like wow I'm I'm here now I just I didn't know what to expect I had no idea what was gonna happen but I was ready for the challenge
0: weirdest thing about Americans that you didn't necessarily expect in terms of our traditions or whatnot
1: Thanksgiving is a strange tradition. Okay, go ahead. Thanksgiving, the food, but I love it though. All you do in Thanksgiving is eat food and watch football. I fell in love with Thanksgiving when I came here, and one thing that Americans do, their communication and their connections with everybody. Everybody knows anybody. Everybody has a connection somewhere. Someone knows somebody down the road. Everybody knows a person with a job. Everyone knows everybody here. But Australia's a smaller area. I mean, you're telling me that doesn't exist there? Not the way you guys. I would say. A very hometownly you guys know where everyone's hometown's from you know who owns the local bakery down the town you know everything about the local town and there's a lot of townies you would call them people that just love to grow up in their hometown and stay there
0: okay so 2018 have you been back since 2018?
1: I uh, haven't been back since north of January 2020.
0: And that was before COVID? Yes. And so they've had some pretty strong restrictions in
1: Australia with uh, yep. COVID and all that how's your family doing? Uh, right now they're in lockdown they've been in lockdown for the past four weeks uh, so they're hoping to get out of lockdown sometime soon, but Australia's still getting some cases, so everything's shut down.
0: Any family in the US? Uh, no. So this is really just strange man, strange land for you completely. Yeah. That's incredible. So after graduation, you're going back, or what's going to happen?
1: No idea. I've got an extra season of eligibility due to COVID, so we'll see what happens, and I'd love to go to grad school somewhere. So
0: You want an extra Thanksgiving here, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> got it, buddy. Thank you very much. Thank you. Crikey. Thanksgiving <laughs> yeah I love it I, I and he's right he nailed it
2: it is yeah we just sort of sit around and we eat and watch, watch football, football and yeah I that was kind of not surprised that an Australian would would pick up on that
0: <laughs> Well we got more with Bailey and some of his teammates and some Springfield te- uh, players I shouldn't say teammates in that uh, case I guess but either um, way folks this is season 14 of in the huddle. Okay, JB. You know, uh, before we uh, dive in here, uh, something we should have used in our first show uh, was this region photo, essentially of uh, what our regions Me look the like. The
2: PowerPoint slides that you ignored, that I worked <laughs> so hard on. See what I have to deal with here, people. This guy just did lawyering, busy, you know. But um, yeah, as we tried to explain in in the uh, preseason opener, we're we're trying to expand our coverage. But how are we doing with that? So far, so good, is good. what I've heard. I mean, some people are like, how are you guys even doing this? I mean, because this is, this is all you get, folks. <laughs> oh, by
0: the way, uh, in case you're wondering, we're going to talk more about this throughout the week. We are, uh, with the goalposts right between us, I didn't even realize we did that. We are at Montclair State That's University. Uh, we've had quite a travel schedule over the last week, as you know. Some of it related to football, some of it not or incidental to football. And uh, here we are. So we'll talk more about that uh, as the shows go on. This is Region 1 day, though. First on uh, Monday, this is being released. But you can see the uh, regions and uh, the way things work here, and uh, you know, region one. We, we pointed out in our first show, um, yeah, the Mac and the New England team. New England plus one. Yeah, it's <laughs> there's really no way to get from the Mac that I know of to New England without basically going through another state to get there. Or a uh, couple, I, yeah, depending yeah.
2: on which way you're driving. Well, right?
0: I, I'm thinking New York because yeah, we got a little bit of Jersey influence in the Mac, right? Connecticut. Yeah.
2: Maybe depending on which way you're going. Yeah.
0: So, was... so either way, uh, it's it's a little bit weird, but uh, I guess there were some games scheduled between MAC teams and Region One or New England teams, I should say, yep. uh, ahead of time before they even knew this was going to happen. So it fits in some ways, uh, especially after Wesley uh, dissolves and uh, they had to fill in some schedule gaps, and yep. New England teams were willing to take chances. So anyway, uh, let's look at the uh, teams that are ranked in our top 25 from Region One. That's a pretty short list uh, there. Uh, Delval uh, coming in uh, pretty high, as you can see.
2: Yep, and that's about it. Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> so this is a region that needs to begin to prove itself. This is a region that I think is actually going to suffer more from the new regional uh, structure. JB, yeah
2: we, yeah, we talked about a little, you know, about that sort of offline. And initially, my thought is, oh, okay, well, this you know six region expansion should leave teams on the table longer. But when you look at the cluster in Region 6, um, where we have this large grouping of teams um, that have appeared in stag bowls over the last couple decades. And it's funny, actually, I talked to Coach Robertson of WPI, and he was like, yeah, nine. we went 9 and 1 in 2019, and we never even were in the conversation. Yep,
0: and that's the thing. With six regions, 6 uh, teams on the table at any given time, you're gonna be going up against some stalwarts across the country, not just three of them, five of them possibly, yeah. and New England, well, let's look at one of our key games here. We're putting on the screen some key region one games uh, in week one, and you can see, uh, you know, Merchant Marine, FDU Florham, I'll be at that game, uh, but then you look at Springfield, Western New England, the Pinch and Saw game. Great game. Big, big game, Yeah. but Springfield was picked to win the New Mac, yep. Western New England was picked to win the CCC. Yes, and you know, in any other, let, let's say it was the Mayak Wyak uh, showdown or something like that, a team could lose that game, lose the conference, so lose two games basically, yeah. and still maybe make the playoffs. Yep. In a case like this, not, it's not going to happen, probably.
2: No, this is kind of a, a playoff elimination game, adding to the importance. Unless of you a, win your conference yeah. afterward. Yeah, exactly. The automatic qualifier will ultimately trump everything, and that's really how the teams in Region One maybe with an exception of the runner up in the mac but even then that may not be good enough
0: we'll see uh, what happens but uh, we wanted to focus as you can see the rest of the games uh, there we'll talk more about these obviously uh, through various uh, measures on twitter etc as the uh, week goes on and post these but we uh, want to look at the pinch and saw game especially yep. coming up here and that is we've had it on Friday night before. It's a big game. For Region 1 it's basically as big big as it gets I would say. I'd love to go to it but only one person. I I can't get to multiple games. But here's uh, some interviews that we did. We're going to start with uh, wide receiver Adam Raza of Western New England and we talked to him about basically coming back after covid and everything else that you'll see a theme in a lot of these interviews we wanted to see how everybody was facing and dealing with things and how it feels to be back here's adam raza adam uh quite a road we've been down the last year and a half obviously uh you had an interesting end to the 2019 season Uh, Coming into 2020 uh, you guys were looking to kind of get a good foothold with what you had in 2019 And then no games, no play, maybe some practices, etc. Take us through your own story about Every everything since 2019 basically
3: No, yeah, it's been it's been one one crazy ride. I'll tell you that Uh, You know we ended 2019 uh, Almost squeezed out that Brockport game unfortunately didn't we all came back you know fully hoping to have a 2020 season. And then we didn't. And that's when all the guys in my grade are seniors. You know, we had a decision to make, right? We had to decide whether we wanted to come back, you know, keep our legacy going, take some, take some master's classes, do what we're gonna do or not. And we actually decided the majority of us came back except there was only one, one senior that didn't come back, which actually shows a lot about the guys on our team. And then now we're here finally having a chance to play play again and we're just gonna make the most out of it as a senior and we we don't even try to
0: figure out who's a senior who's a senior fifth year and all that stuff that's gonna be going on here Mm -hmm. from now on but as a declared senior at least on the roster uh, and with your experience in 2019 lights out about 850 yards receiving if I remember correctly uh, you're gonna be kind of responsible with your receiving core to get the new quarterback Mm -hmm. ready to go here and you know can't miss a beat because you guys start with your crosstown rival springfield so what are you guys doing to get your qb and the rest of the offense ready for what's in front of you now
3: no yeah we have we have a ton of leaders on offense um that's our job it's to groom the younger guys mature them and have them fill in fill in the spots and once one guy goes down or leaves the next guy's like right there uh, to take his to take his spot and do his duties and so, like I said, we have a lot of leaders. Uh, we're just trying to get our timing uh, timing done, uh, figure out like really get our plays going, uh, and be the best be the best we could do. Alec Coleman, though, was a one of a kind quarterback,
0: yeah, no cool. doubt. And so, I mean, tell fans what to expect here in terms of change between Alec and what's in front of us. I mean, have we heard a declaration of who QB is early this early?
3: Uh, not yet. Uh, but the only thing I will say is. Uh, when Anthony Service was the quarterback and Alec Coleman came in, people had the same questions. Mm-hmm. Is he going to be able to fill the role? And I think we both know he did. He did more than that. <laughs> yes, he did. So no matter who we have out there, they will. They will do their job. I promise you that. Thanks, Adam, for that. Also uh, from
0: Western New England, uh, we want to go defense, too, and that's the theme we'll be doing when we uh, do these interviews on location is offense-defense. Oh, by the way, uh, shout-outs from him and all the players that we interview coming at the end of the show. We'll be uh, having those. We did not forget, so stay tuned for shout-outs from Adam and everybody else that we have here. Uh, We have uh, in defense land here, defensive back Bailey Devine Scott. You saw him in the cold open. What? Yes, sir. And Josh Salem, linebacker for Western New England, talked about kind of the same topics and what to look forward to in this Springfield game. Now, defensively, uh, as a safety, obviously, uh, you know, people haven't always respected uh, Western New England's defensive core because you sometimes get to shootouts, et cetera. Seemed to calm that down a little bit in 2019, obviously. And then COVID happens and takes you guys kind of out of rhythm in 2020 with no games how tough is it going to be for this defense to get back on that track that you started in 2019 with some great numbers on your end
1: uh i don't think the track ever stopped we just took a timeout. we just stopped for a year we kept practicing we never stopped we took we could we took COVID very seriously and we uh we followed all the protocol and we were able to still get out on the field and practice and we have all our seniors all our players returning bar one so we've got a lot of experience left on defense and i think it's going to be a great year for the golden bed defense
0: we heard uh, from uh, Adam that the defense and offense both are bringing back a lot of players. Especially, he talked about the offense. How key has that been, and what was the discussion behind the scenes about it?
1: I mean, it's been great. We have a lot of senior leaders returning. We have a lot of young guys stepping up into roles. And to your prior question, I don't think much has changed. I mean, like we always do, we're going to trust our coaches' schemes and trust the players to the left and the right of us, and just get the job done.
0: So coach has been here for a little while uh to me he's a a pretty defensive minded guy etc and you know it's always tough tough enough to get people to commit to a program to start with to get them to come back again especially seniors that wanted to come back even tougher and then you have this big game coming up right from the start springfield What kind of barometer do you think that's going to be for us as to what this defense is, knowing how tough it is to guard that triple option defense, or offense, excuse me?
1: I mean, Coach Bresner always knows. uh, We play them every year. He always has something up his sleeve to counter their triple option offense, and we're just going to go out there and play them. Do you hate the triple option, though? It's a good time. <laughs> I think that is a kind of,
0: <laughs> but uh, similarly as a safety, it's a, a bigger challenge uh, probably for you compared to what you're used to because of how many people are to play in the box. And do you think it serves as
1: a good challenge up front to test who you guys are? as the defensive core. I think it's a great first game. I think it's a great first test for our defense. See how we build. Test how we handle the box. See how we handle the run. And uh, I got no problem tra- playing the triple option to me. I think it's the best type of football there is. Fly around, see who's got the the bigger dog in them.
0: I've got got to think to myself, Mr. Aussie guy, that rugby may have been in your past in some way, shape, or form, and the triple option is not that different from some of the aspects of rugby.
1: Yeah, so that's basically why I said I loved it, because back home we used to play rugby before I started playing football, and same thing, fly around, make a few tackles. That's about it. Love that. I love his uh, attitude. You love it, right? (laughs) But
0: how tough is it to understand the accent sometimes, to be honest?
1: I've been great friends with Bailey for four years, there's no struggle anymore. JB,
0: uh, pinch and saw game would not be complete without talking to some Springfield players yeah. as well. Uh, offensive line wise, so we got to know Nick Boehner really well over in Springfield, and oh, yeah. Chad Shade. Well, <laughs> both of them have graduated off yeah. or uh, transferred to a Division one baseball school. In Chad's uh, yeah. case, yep. we may be seeing him uh, soon on our Kit show. Cod
2: League or something, we'll see.
0: Yeah, but uh, we'll we'll see him on our show soon. Uh, yeah. Talk to him a little bit about how things are going. But Lou Kikosa from Springfield is a very key part of their offensive line, a Campbell uh, Trophy nominee. Yeah, that's a big deal. Yeah, You may see a picture of him around as a center because he was filling in for Boehner uh, at one point. Uh, But he is a tackle officially and a very good one and big one at that. You'll see that right now. (laughs) Lou, new quarterback technically. Uh, I think uh, Wells only had uh, a couple snaps uh, last year against Union before he got hurt. And as a tackle here on that offensive line, it's going to be important, especially in this triple option, to get protection up front. What kind of challenge is that going to pose, especially after not having a 2020 season?
4: Uh, So right now, Wells, he's uh, doing great in preseason. He's learned this offense through his four years. Uh, We have a great uh, offensive line coming in right now with the Roach. We're hard workers, and uh, we're going to give him that protection he needs just to continue and drive the ball each and every rep
0: already a Campbell uh, nominee right now. Yes. Uh, and obviously, you know, the offensive line of the school does get a lot of kudos. Nick Boehner's of the world. Uh, mm-hmm. who uh, you know, I, I keep looking behind me to make sure he's not there somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. Hey, Nick. Uh, but anyway, the uh, point being that you guys do have a lot of accolades and whatnot. Is it tough to uh, keep Standing in that kind of spotlight because of what this offense is and we've seen a lot of injuries And I hate to say that bring that up, but how do you stay conditioned especially with a gap year like this?
4: Um, So we treat every rep as a roach um, Like it's a game. So uh, each day we're coming out to practice. We're practicing hard every day We've had great role models. You mentioned Nick Boehner his senior class. He taught us everything So we're carrying what he has shown us to the younger
0: kids now and that's what's going to drive us uh, each game. I uh, was uh, conversing with Chad Shade, coach said he was uh, by uh, just a little while ago or about a week ago from this uh, interview. Uh, What kind of words did he have of support for you guys as he got back to Kansas State? Uh, So Chad Shade, he was a great leader here, uh, great player as well. And he
4: just told us to keep going, keep driving, keep working. We all struggled this past year, but he told us just keep our head down, keep working and everything's gonna fall into place.
0: Western New England, always a tough opponent to start with. Pinch and saw game, crosstown rival. Is this like a barometer game and then some for where you are as a team as much as for them?
4: Uh, so, Winnick, they're a great program. We open up with them every year. So, it's going to be great to finally start playing football again against them. And uh, I know they're going to bring it and we're going to bring it as well. So,
0: Thanks to Lou for that. And, uh, you know, we don't talk much about the defense of Springfield as much as we probably should. It's the overshadowing of that triple option yep. scenario. And, you know, we wanted to talk to somebody who was very important in their 2019 campaign of keeping the score down. If you don't keep the score down as a defense in Springfield, your offense is not the type at Springfield that can just you know heave the ball and get two touchdowns in you know five minutes or something like that. So they have to keep the scores down for success for the pride. C.J. Lavery, a safety and a good one at that, joined me. And he's from this state of New Jersey, uh, so we found it fitting to talk to a New Jersey guy. Take us through kind of the road mentally as a football player you went through from 2019 to now, and how does the field be back? Uh, well, right now I'm so thrilled and excited to be back on the field and competing, um,
5: lining up against someone across different, not wearing maroon and white, um, going throughout the spring, getting opportunities to go against the Roach, the offensive lineman. Um, and just thrilled just to compete against each other. Um, Cause that's all we had. We took every day, um, where our feet were. We just want to be where we were, taking every rep, appreciating everything that we had, um, because we never knew what was going to be our last rep. Um, and now that we're already here, it's August. Can't believe we're. It's almost September fourth. Getting ready to play a game. We're thrilled to just be back and playing football.
0: Okay, so. Lou and you both are talking about the Roach and folks out there may not know what that means so I'm <laughs> going to force you to tell us at this point what's the Roach. The roaches are uh, our offensive linemen. So it's like the Roach like mentality, Lou would be better to explain it,
5: um, but they're just hard workers, nitty gritty, they may not get all the credit, um, but it doesn't matter,
0: they just keep working every play every play. So I had a Roach next to me during this uh, last yes. interview, is that what they, you're trying to tell yes. me? Okay. Some people, <laughs> some people may be impressed by that fact. Well, just keep flowing now. Uh, no, let's talk about the defense though. The, uh, the offense gets a lot of attention because of the triple option uh, nature of it, but it's important for the defense to keep the score down on the other side so that uh, the limited opportunity sometimes to score, uh, you know, keep this game in a Springfield's favor. Uh, 2019, up and down season, mainly up obviously, but now coming into 2021 with some personnel changes, what do you see here as this team's upper threshold?
5: Um, I can't wait to see us hit the field this year with a uh, new defense coordinator, Lou D. Um, and we also have the opportunity to put in new stuff, see what works, what doesn't work. Um, so it's kind of like a blessing in disguise with the extra time to get over through the spring. Also with the D3 um, rule changes, we were able to put pads on and stuff like that. So we were able to kind of see like what we do best. Um, even though that we get went against the triple option a lot, uh, we still got to run our defense and now we're finally getting to see it out on the field, how it's going. And we're thrilled to kind of see how it all um, works out and see how great all the guys are doing. Um, and also in 2019, we had a lot of young guys. I mean, as in the secondary, we didn't have any seniors. Um, so we're all young guys, so we had that experience of playing. Um, so now that we're all juniors and seniors in a couple fifth years, um, we have that experience on our belts, kind of ready to go. We're not as nervous or anxious out on the field, and we're just ready to play football and fly around.
0: You brought it up. Changes to the uh, rules uh, for fall, Mm -hmm. or uh, let's say preseason, and spring, uh, there's some pluses, there's some minuses, obviously. You brought up the pads, uh, though you lose a day of practice essentially in the preseason each week. Uh, Overall, what do you feel about the new changes? Um, I was thrilled to just have the opportunity to Throw pads
5: on, play football because usually we're not able to tackle each other. We're not able, to so that we're not able to work on tackling. Uh, we're not able to compete as much against the offense. Uh, so that actually gave us more opportunities to compete against each other, uh, especially since we didn't have a season last fall. Um, so that was kind of like our like season, and we were trying to get a couple scrimmages in, but with COVID, like it ended up not working out. Um, but just scrimmage against our offense made us tougher men uh, and tougher people and better football players. So it was just excellent to have the a- opportunity to play football.
0: Last question, new quarterback at Western New England. Know much about him? Or do, do you know if he even <laughs> have even picked one yet? And does that make uh, the game planning uh, any different for you?
5: No, game planning is going to be the same. We're going to go out there and do our thing. Um, we're starting early, we got a scrimmage coming up, and then we're game planning for Western New England. So attack.
0: No no film to really go by, is there?
5: No. We have a script. I think we'll, we'll believe they get their scrimmage, but just all filmed from uh, the last couple of years. So
0: attack. And that, it's going to be football in its purest form, basically, yeah. coming up. And earlier when I say he's from Jersey, I mean, we didn't do the interview with Jersey. We did yeah. it up in Springfield. It was in
2: Massachusetts. We, we happen to be physically in New Jersey yes. right now. But, um, yeah, it, Springfield defense uh, certainly you know, maybe doesn't get the same press as a triple option offense, although when there were guys in the past like Nick Giorgio, who I, who I got to see a few times this past summer playing uh, linebacker slash defensive end pass rusher for the Orlando Predators in yeah, hey. the NAL... Um, you know, strong history there, uh, both offense and defense, and that defense is going to be really probably the key to the game in keeping that high-powered Western New England offense in check if they want to win the saw. We're
0: going to put up the Week 2 games as well, and uh, go back to the Week 1 slide uh, first, then uh, the Week 2 games. Okay. As we talk about this, I want you to prognosticate. Which of these games do you think proves to be you know, weeks away from the end of the season, or months yep. even, the most important game we'll be looking back at to say boy that game was key for whatever reason you think which one of these games in these first two weeks
2: okay probably uh i mean looking at the i I think you know the saw game is really still a key one because without uh either team winning their conference even though they're obviously the favorites i think western new england is probably a slightly stronger favorite although endicott who uh you know we've gone toe-to-toe with here in the past, although they're good friends, obviously. Um, They're going to have a lot to say in that, but I I really do feel this Western New England um, Springfield matchup in in week one is, is probably about as big as it gets for region one.
0: I'm going to pick two actually. Uh, one that's purely uh, in Region 1 and one that's a split division uh, split, okay. or a split region game. Um, one I'm going to, I believe, attend is WPI at Endicott yeah. on this uh, week two Friday night. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, it, just because WPI is going to play a factor in that new Mac race, you know yeah. that. Endicott in the CCC is going to play a huge influence in that one as well. Absolutely. So I think that's going to be a really telling game about what to expect in both those conferences in terms of are the front runners really clearly frontrunners in that those polls that we talked about True. in the two uh, conferences. Montclair State at Del DelVal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Montclair State, we're here right now. We're not just yep. saying that for that reason. Uh, you know, Del DelVal is... A huge favorite probably going into that game. Just look at the uh, rankings. But yeah. Montclair wants a statement game now that Wesley's not in this conference as well. Uh, you know, this is a huge game, I think, for them. What do you think?
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, Del Valle, we, we've kind of heard through the, the D3 grapevine, has brought back a lot of players, although there are some key uh, missing pieces, I think, with at quarterback and tight end that really led to that 2019 run. But we will hear from Coach Thorne of North Central. He basically said that the Aggies defense was probably the second best that they saw in, in their Stag Bowl run in 2019. So if you know guys like Mike Nobile and company can ratchet it up, they're going to be a tough out. Uh, but if Montclair can pull an, an upset over this nationally ranked Del Valle team, that is going to get the attention of a lot of fans across D3, not just the ones that are you know right over our shoulder or will be over our shoulder in a couple of weeks.
0: Well, that's Region 1 in a nutshell. We're just trying to get your juices flowing for each region in these mini-shows. And mini, they're probably going to end up being 35 minutes uh, for each one, 40 minutes, uh, no matter what we do. But uh, just understand that we're not trying to pick winners of conferences, stuff like that. We just want to kind of get you... used to who's who and what's what in these regions and then look at some key games right off the bat in each one so thanks for watching region one tomorrow region two which is basically new york new jersey when you get down to it and some teams that kind of fall into that batch too like the salisbury's of the world and whatnot so stay tuned thanks for uh, joining us here on region one okay i'm gonna give you a chance here for shout outs for any uh, friends family teammates etc that might be watching
3: Uh, i just want to say thank you to all the coaches my family friends back home uh, everybody's believing in me uh, and the team,
1: uh, roll bears. Uh, shout out to the great coaching staff, all the great teammates. Shout out my mom, shout out my dad, shout out my brother and sister, and all my friends back home, great teammates here. Uh, just shout out my parents back home, love you guys, miss I'd like to thank my family,
4: uh, my friends here at Springfield, uh, Coach C, Coach Lou, uh, Tim C, my offensive line
5: coach, and my friends back home. i like to thank my mom, uh, my dad, my brother, Uh, Thank you for always supporting me and my friends back at home and my uh, friends at Springfield.
0: Jersey boy. (laughs) Good luck to you, bud. Thank you, sir. Thank you.